In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents... A lot of them aren't even pretending to be in charge. Slow the testing down. Remove him from office. Cast a vote that will make you proud. The Betches Sup Podcast. Will you shut up, man? Hello and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Caitlin Bird. And I'm Millie Tamaras. And the Betches Up Podcast is your daily rundown of all the crazy shit going on in the news brought to you by your four funniest well-informed friends. Which is us. Which is us. Yes. Uh, So our first, we'll just dive right into it because the reason we are honored to have a four host day today is because um, we had four people booked and this was subject matter that everybody wanted a piece of. (laughs) Elise was like, I demand to be on (laughs) the Tuesday show. No, you asked politely. You asked very politely. You didn't demand. (laughs) But if you had said no, it would have got it would have got nasty. (laughs) I realized it was really sexist to imply that you demanded because you were like, "Oh my god, could I please?" You leaned in and you did did what Cheryl Sandberg told you, and and you know what? She's right, Cheryl. She's right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I had I asked for what I wanted in my workplace. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. So obviously, listeners, if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about a new story in Elle magazine. Did everybody here read it? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Honestly, honestly, it just hit me when you were saying that the irony of it being called Elle magazine because it's just the biggest L. <laughs> but we should talk about I mean to please talk about before I start with the jokes. Yes. What it's, are we talking about? We're gonna just we're just gonna talk about it. I guess this isn't normally our like typical subject matter, but who the fuck wants to hear more about this goddamn stimulus bill? Talk about it. I can't believe I mean I can't believe it, it's my job, but I can't believe that's all I talk to you guys about because there's so much yes. other fun stuff to talk about. So this was clearly, I mean, we try to talk about the lead stories in the news every day. This today, or yesterday and today, that happened to be this story in Elle magazine. So I'm going to run through a very quick synopsis. Put this on 1.5 speed if you want, uh, in case you did not read it and to catch us all up. All right. So here's the deal. Former Bloomberg News reporter Christy Smith details how she fell in love with Martin Screlly, aka Farmer Bro, while covering him as part of her beat for Bloomberg. As a result of her relationship with Screlly, Smith loses her job, divorces her husband, and ultimately gets ghosted by Screlly in prison. Before we go into the background, um, I believe we have a source here who has some insight on what it might be like to have the opportunity to engage in a relationship with Martin Screlly. <laughs> Millie? Okay, yes. So five years ago, at the peak of OKCupid okay in New York City, I was on OkCupid, and it was also when, but like five years ago, 2015, that's when he was, because like, I feel like Martin, five years ago, I can call him Martin. We don't need that. Yeah, well, you guys, you know each other. Yeah, so. (laughs) No, no, no. Um, 
it, 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 he was like in the headlines every other week. I mean, not as like crazy as Ben Shapiro. I would say Ben Shapiro, it's like a certain kind of person was paying attention to yes. him. But Martin, Martin Shkreli would always be in the news every week for doing some other crazy stunt. And um, I remember he would live stream himself. Well, I saw him on OkCupid and we matched or something. And then I'm like, is this a real account or is this real? And then he said, yes. Um, <laughs> And then, like, I think we said, like, one or two things and then whatever. But I'm like, I don't know if that was, like, a troll thing. And my friend was like, no, he live streams himself on OkCupid. And one time I sent him, like, I sent him a message while he was live streaming. And, like, he got a notification thing. So that really was him. <gasps> um, so, yeah, that was, like, holy fucking shit. First of all, who does that? Second of all... That could have been me on Elle magazine posting. <laughs> I know. You could have given him a little kiss in a room that smelled full of chicken. Which, first of all, <laughs> I don't know if I've not kissed anyone in a room that smells like chicken wings. And who hasn't? If, you, if it's time to kiss and you're in a room that smells like chicken, if you're chicken not in a room isn't. that smells like chicken, you're a square. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kiss if it doesn't smell like chicken. <laughs> That's the sign. Great question. One of the many questions posed by the article. <laughs> yeah. So on OkCupid, do you have to have mutually matched to have see somebody, or you I were think like, it was the, it was that was it was the golden age of OkCupid because anybody could just message right. anyone, but then um, you fill out all these quizzes to see like how compatible. But granted, <laughs> because I got I posted this online and I did get some backlash because it was a seventy three percent match. And Martin, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, Martin okay, Kelly. Yeah, and okay, keep it. Martin Scarley did hike the price of HIV uh, medication uh, by like 300 or 400%. 5,000. 5,000%. Okay, yeah, okay. I was trying to be conservative. He did, he did hike, so he did do that. So, he did but do I that. Do wanna, but I do want to clarify to the fans, to the militants, that's what I call them. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to clarify that being 73% match, first of all, the, the questions on OkCupid are, do you think women have to shave their legs? Um, do you believe in a nuclear option? Not, will you spike up uh, HIV pills by 5,000%? So in my defense, and also I've grown as a person, it's been years i've looked back and you know i've seen what i need to change and i don't like about myself yeah. and move forward but not today yeah. today it would not be a 73 percent what match. what percent match do you think you would get with martin Shkreli today well i i would say but then ghosting someone like yeah. he did publicly <laughs> like all in all that's pretty fucking bad <laughs> like like, I can't wait until uh, Millie goes somebody on this podcast. It's gonna happen. <laughs> like Millie, you seeing anybody? No, no, no. Nobody special. No. But that somebody who adores you is listening. Yeah, I know. She got she got ghosted or dumped via um, a YouTube video, and she was she was like one of his only subscribers. No, and um, <laughs> it was <laughs> that video was for an audience of one. <laughs> yeah, something like that. It's like the like, TI, like where are they at though? Where are they at though? So the, it's like ten seconds, and it's like girlfriend, where are they at though? Oh no! And that's how she found out she wasn't. Oh. <laughs> No. Oh, no. Okay. That's what happened here. That's what happened here. So with that very important context, that's where Martin Screlly was five years ago, looking for love, apparently. 
So this is when Christy Smith apparently enters the picture. So as you said, Scraly's known for a number of hijinks like this, really just cruel hijinks. He was ultimately convicted of fraud in 2017, and Smith was reporting on him when she met him, and this is when he was under federal investigation for security laws violation. So Smith covers Screlly as part of her job and is just kind of fascinated by him. But this is one of the more disarming parts of the piece for me is that, like, she's a good reporter at the beginning. She's, then things get out of control. And because as she's – she doesn't write the piece, but it's a pretty good profile and it's a lot of quotes. But you can tell that she is understanding the journalistic lapses she's making and just how insane this all is. So she's covering him and clearly becomes sort of enamored by him. Originally, it sort of sounds like, oh, I'm just trying to like warm up my source so we can be friendly and maybe he'll open up. But it's pretty clear that she has mixed motives. So he becomes open to speaking with her on record. They began a pretty friendly correspondence. They bonded over both having anxiety. Um, she would go over to his Murray Hill apartment to listen to the Wu-Tang album he bought for $2 million. Normal, normal, normal shit. Yeah. This sounds like something Millie would enjoy, honestly. My favorite detail from the article is when she is 52 minutes late to her hour-long couples counseling session. Yeah, she's session. married this whole time. Important context. <laughs> married because, the whole time. Because she's visiting Martin Shkreli. <laughs> no, my, okay, my favorite part of the thing was that she had anxiety on driving. Like, she would get panic attacks every time, and she overcame them to drive to see Martin Shkreli. <laughs> Caitlin. Yeah, Caitlin, what's your favorite? I was gonna, I'm going to say my favorite part of the story was the stylist deciding uh, to put her <laughs> in the vampire's wife dresses. <laughs> How much are those dresses, Caitlin? I Googled it. They are between, they are between $600 and $1,000, a dress from the vampire's wife. They are... On sale, you could use your stimulus check. To <laughs> no, the ones I saw online were like $1,200, $1,500. That's why it. I'm saying like a cheap one on sale, you could maybe use your stimulus well, check. Those it's like the dress is $1,000 and the earrings are like $7,000. But it was such a perfect styling choice. Everything it about yes. it from the $1,000 nature of the dress to the fact that it's called the vampire's wife. It was yeah. just... Oh my god. That's a crazy detail. And you're just like this and then it says dress the vampire. And you're like, I wonder as the reporter was like, hey, for color. Like, what's going on here? It's interesting, like, because there is basically this fashion spread of her that goes along with the article, which is not typical of an article like this. But which makes me feel like the vampire's wife thing was intentional because it's just like normally if you're doing a profile of like kind of a notorious person, you're not going to be like, and here she is wearing such and such. Maybe it's Screlly is like he's actually the the silent designer of the vampire's wife. Mm. Maybe this is like one really long dating ad <laughs> for somebody who is like. I am open to manipulation and abusive relationships. Please. Yes. Like, I even wear dresses that are called the vampire's wife because I'm down. Like, I'm like, girl, please don't do this to yourself. But also, it's delicious to read. It's kind yeah, of true. It's, it's like, I will, I can dress well. I look great in makeup. And I will not question any of your actions. You can do anything and I will still be in love with you. Well, something that I found was interesting was that 
like in the article they described it as a frog in boiling water it's like she doesn't know she thinks she's in control of it and like like yeah it's just like she thinks she's in control and people are telling her like yo you need to watch out and she's not paying attention and stuff so in that way i like feel for her and who hasn't gone to honestly who hasn't gone to an apartment in Murray Hill and listened to a Wu Tang album with this white guy? I mean, exactly. He who can't, he who <laughs> because listen, not me. Um, but, but here's the thing, which you brought up to me via text, Millie, is that they never, they've never had sex. They've never it's an had unconsummated sex. relationship. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. Take us up to, to uh, November 2020. So where we left off was they're, they're hanging out. They're getting close. They're still friends. They're hanging out in his Murray Hill apartment. This is when he's like being investigated and the trial is sort of starting to happen, but he's still out free. Their relationship really escalated when she decides to write a book about him. So he's like, all right, I guess she needs to get even closer. Throughout this whole thing, the vibe is not, and he adores me and he can't stop telling me how much he loves me and appreciates me. There's none of that. So she starts shadowing him more frequently. She stays up late with him on the phone, married this whole time. She took care of his cat when he went to jail. This, this particular occasion of going to jail was after he offered $5,000 for a strand of Hillary Clinton's hair. 
who among us, um, when their closeness, their closest eventually comes out in court proceedings. This is a pretty intense part of the article where she finds out that she's, people are aware she is, they have an audience, um, and she is named as individual one in a lot of the evidence that's being presented. So she was asked to resign from Bloomberg and she did, but this whole time she's also, this is where she kind of goes off the rails. She's, I mean, not this time, I guess she had earlier in the context of the story. <laughs> the rails were never right. Up. Right. Yeah. It, well, this is where like the iceberg breaks through the water. Like there's a lot, right. obviously, mm-hmm. even beyond this article, there's a lot. This is when the frog <laughs> bath boils over yeah, for sure. Exactly. Um, she starts harassing other journalists on Twitter who are being unkind to Screlly. This is where it seemed to shift where she's like, he's kind of misunderstood. He's like, there are plenty of, like, women can fall in love with sociopaths, like, that happens. But now she sort of shifts, like, no, 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 he's not. She basically loses her book proposal because she refuses to write an unsympathetic take on him. She divorced her husband. She keeps visiting Screlly every day at, at 6 a.m. She gets over her fear, <laughs> fear oh, of driving. Eventually, as we mentioned at the top of the show, they've kissed in the, in the chicken wings room, but they have never <laughs> consummated their relationship. <laughs> despite the fact that Smith has frozen her eggs in the event that Screlly gets out. Oh, oh I forgot she froze her eggs. She froze her oh, eggs. Oh, froze her eggs for Screlly. I got to switch my favorite thing, and that's my favorite <laughs> thing now. <laughs> I think there could be multiple favorite things, um, because my other favorite thing is she did go on Twitter and say, he's not 5'8", he's 5'10". Oh, yeah. <laughs> she corrected numerous, numerous fake news elements about him. So where are we at now? I guess Screlly, it sounded like they weren't really communicating that much. We've all been there. Screlly found out about the L article. Obviously, they had to ask him for comment. Uh, his only comment in response to the article was that he wishes Miss Smith the best of luck in her future endeavors. Brutal. And Smith basically said she just hopes putting, she, she responded to that with, well, maybe this will give him a reason to reach out to me, this article. So presumably she has not heard from him since. This whole article is about this woman giving, giving it all up for Farmer Bro. And in the end, he ghosts her. Risking it all. For Reactions. <laughs> I just remember when she said that his trolling was a sign that he was just insecure. And I was like, no. <laughs> Like, no. <laughs> and you can see, like, how far down the rabbit hole is. He had to get, like, $5,000, offer $5,000 for a strand of Hillary Clinton's hair because <laughs> he's just so anxious and hurt inside. And I was like, to not have offering $5,000 for a strand of Hillary Clinton's hair be a red flag at all. To yeah. only have it only deepen your affection. I know. She's like, like, he really needed the money. Well, that's what uh, people, that's what, like, people who de- who are defending him are, like, are people who are feeling bad for her. It's, like, if she had it her way, she would be his accomplice, you mm-hmm. know? Like, she didn't find any, so, you know, at one end, I, I understand, and, like, it is a millennial love story of, like, we've all been there where we've put up with too much and done way too much for somebody who fucking sucks, but at at the same time he's displayed all this really disturbing behavior and she's rationalizing it and if it was up to her if he would let her she would be like you know partnering crime with him and all this stuff so yeah it's hard to be like oh i feel totally bad for her when she doesn't even feel bad for her she's happy to take up the trolling on his behalf and she was like continuing to be 
defiant on Twitter yesterday and basically just being like, yeah, I'm in love with Martin Shkreli. So, I mean, for me, this is one of those articles where I read it and I was like, okay, I need someone to go a thousand layers deeper on this. I need a full we need Netflix. A podcast. <laughs> I, I need a full Netflix 10 parter that's based on a podcast that I've already listened to. And it's the same information, but I do listen to it again, like that whole scenario, because there's, I mean, she definitely was a good reporter before because she was like, she had some prestigious award yeah, or something. Like she was, she was getting like, a fellowship. Yeah. Yeah. So she was definitely a good reporter before doing all of this. But there's obviously something deeper going on here. <laughs> and to like a thoughtful guy who made them enough money for them to live a happy life together. I was like, they also had a dog together. And as I was reading this story, I was like, I would never leave my fiance for a farmer bro and take Morty away from him. I would never do that. <laughs> I would never do that. I would never take Morty away from his dad. Not for farmer bro. Yeah, but maybe, you know, you have never been pull- pulled into the farmer bros. Especially because Curly's a cat person. I mean, what more do you need? You haven't been kissed in another enough chicken smelling room. <laughs> no. <laughs> Apparently not. Apparently not. I've never been wined and dined or warmed warmed a vending machine hamburger for a man. True. Enjoy. I did also love that detail of her like getting him all the stuff he wants from the vending machine at jail. Thirty dollars yeah. on vending machine food. That that just woo deep down in my soul. I was like, wait. At first I was like, that's not a lot of money. And then I was thinking about like vending oh. machine food. <laughs> what in the world? Already listening to the What is he gonna say? Um, listen, WeTV has a show called Love After Lockup, where it's people who fall in love with prison prisoners. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. You learn a lot. It really paints a picture about the United States. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. But listen, this—it's all—it's all stories like this, where really? it's like. People are attracted to people in prison because they feel like they have a certain sense of control. I mean, this is a little different because it's like he's a sociopath and like... He was there before he got arrested, though. She was going to to his apartment for the Wu-Tang album. Yeah. She was... She covered him from the... She'd cover... She was talking about how she'd started on a negative piece. And that's how she kind of ended up in his orbit. And her first piece was like, oh, this guy is getting indicted. Like, the, the federal investigation building. And it wasn't a big deal because no one knew who he was. And then the next time, when they said they were going forward with the federal investigation, that's when everything blew up. And the drug, the, he'd already, like, put the, the, the drug price sky high. And she mm-hmm. was like, that's when she started converting and being like, well, maybe he's not so bad. And everyone else was like, our first hearing of this guy is that he's a complete dick. Like he's just the worst. Yeah. And you're you're kind of hearing that, and then you're like, "Girl." And then she's like, "Well, I'll take care of his cat while he's." Right. You're like, "Girl." And then she's like, "Well, my husband keeps saying that he's just messing with me by when he says that he doesn't want to talk on record, and then he says he will talk, and then he says he won't talk on record, and then he says he will talk." And but I, I think I'm getting through to him, girl. Oops, I'm yes. 52 minutes late to my couples counseling session. That's one <laughs> oh hour long. God. You just want to say, like, girl in all caps with, like, like the eyes. Like, girl. I know. Yeah. She needs some gal pals around her. She's not listening to them. She doesn't listen to them. No, she's not. I feel like she has. I mean, but there were some people quoted in the story where, like, 
I mean, I think she can handle it. I don't get it, but I trust her well, to handle it. The people that still talk to her. It's, it's right, a, right, you, right. You know, everyone's had friends like that. And basically what ends up happening is that they just, anybody who's like, hey, this is a bad idea, they cut off. And then the people who are like, oh, do your thing, you know, whatever. Those are the people they stay in contact with. But I also will say there was another article a few, and I feel like this one was a reach where it was like this girl went on a date with Martin and wrote about it. And like they went to tea and like, she was like, he was stirring his tea and blah, blah. It it was so stupid. So then when I, when I saw this pop up, I thought that it was some dumb, like reaching thing Mm. or somebody went on a date with him five years ago. Like me. (laughs) Matched with him. And met, met with him five years ago and tried to milk it for content. But then when I saw, it wasn't that. It was yeah. <laughs> What do you guys think, to close this out, what do you think the really strong universal reaction to this means? Why do you think this hit on something that everybody sort of, it was just 911 bells across the internet. Oh my God. What is it about the story, about this point in time that you think prompted such a strong reaction? I think it's, or is it just, it's a wild story. I think number one, it's like the Shkreli of it all. Yeah. Like he's just a viral person. But I do think, I feel like stories that hit like this are both crazy, which this is a crazy story, but come from a place that people understand. And like people understand being drawn into a shitty relationship that is embarrassing, that you have no business being in. And like, that is a universal experience. Obviously, most people don't do it with someone who's literally called the most hated man (laughs) in the world. (laughs) But I feel like it's a blown up version of a mistake a lot of people recognize in their life. And so it, it like draws you in like you're like, oh my god. It's the worst case scenario. It's like had you had you indulged your like lowest instinct every time. This could have been a lot of people. Yeah. I think that's so important what you said, Millie, is that like had had he not really actually pushed her away almost every step of the way, who knows what she would have been willing to do for him? Had he actually had the wherewithal or the or cared enough to be like, oh, maybe I can use this to my my advantage in a really like serious, sinister way, I don't think she would have said no. No, she wouldn't have. And um and maybe that's what attracted is that she he doesn't do that, so she feels like she can trust him. Mm. And then there's also, like, a thing of guys like that, like, opening up and them being vulnerable to you feels like some kind of intimacy, but it's really, like, self I mean, again, so I think it's what I Elise... I can fix him, yeah. Like, I can fix something. I think it's what Elise said of, like, everyone's been there, but I also feel like it's kind of... It's also this thing where a lot of people view things i think it's the thing with reality tv of like oh but i'd handle that differently i wouldn't Mm -hmm. go that far i wouldn't do this or i would do this differently so i feel like it's that it's that sweet balance of like you can see how she's gotten drawn in but then you can see people being like oh well i wouldn't have done this or i would have you know like yeah that good balance i don't think i would have fallen in love with martin shkreli I mean, but I feel like I've, you know, I've. But you say yes, you you go through enough green lights, you can find yourself in places. It's like one green light at a time, you know? And yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, that's a good way to. Is there a guy who's my personal Martin Shkreli? Of course. Of course. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm like, not Martin Shkreli, but listen, 
same genre, they'd all be in the same audition. Yeah. <laughs> They're just broke. <laughs> They're just broke as hell. Less successful. Less successful, Martin Shkreli, certainly. <laughs> I know. The whole time I was doing it, I was like, I think he just needed the $5,000. Like, had that ever occurred to you? He didn't actually yeah. have the hair. He, no. Uh, no, wait. No. Was, he that was, offered a hair. Buying. Oh, he was right. buying a hair. So he had the money. Right. But he that's had the right. Because he frauded a bunch of people. Exactly. Thanks. <laughs> Important clarification. He had yeah, the money. He had the money to offer. So people were like, you're going to get Hillary Clinton hurt. Also, he was like, I feel like if he didn't go to jail, he'd be all the way in the alt right. Like, uh-huh. he was oh, yeah, heading yeah. in that direction. Like, he didn't officially, because as he was going to jail, that's when it like really popped off. But he would be Laura Loomer, all of that thing. And, and that is. He would have spoken at the RNC. It was interesting because at the time, Donald Trump called him a spoiled brat. Well, Donald Trump, I mean, takes one to no one. Yeah, I think he would ultimately embrace him if it was like, oh, this guy hates Hillary and is is getting people upset about it and putting her at risk. I love it. Join the team. He's very impressed by the level of theft that was was ultimately pulled off. (laughs) He just managed to count an entire country. But in the end, like Martin Scarelli is still very impressive. Yeah, I don't know game recognizes game in that scenario. <laughs> but I would say that, like, the thing that attracted Christie and what what is something to not appreciate about Martin, but at least acknowledge, is that he came from nothing. He, you know, his parents were janitors or whatever. Where, like, Donald Trump's elitist, and he's, like, silver spoon in his mouth. He just dresses tacky, so people think he came from nothing, but... That man was rich way before. You know, he dresses like shit. So, um, so yeah. like, I don't even know if a, if a Donald Trump would res- respect. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like Donald Trump respects anybody who kind of respects him at this point. But I don't even know if he would appreciate. Because I don't think mm-hmm. Donald Trump likes his fans. So I'm just like, I don't know if he would. Yeah, I don't no. think he likes. He likes money like that. He doesn't like people. He doesn't like anybody. I don't think. I don't think he likes anybody. Thanks for joining us, Elise. All right. I've, I was only here to talk about Shkreli, so I'm going to go. <laughs> uh, bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Have, a, have a great holiday season, have, Elise. Happy holidays and happy new year to you all. Yes. Bye, Elise. All right. Now we're going to talk a little bit. We've got some range on this podcast because now we're going to talk about the COVID stimulus talks. Oh, gosh. <gasps> Just a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, We spent a bit of time talking about it yesterday and just sort of like the nature of the $9 billion relief bill. Today, I kind of wanted to talk about the politics with you guys as the ink is sort of still drying. So Congress passed the bill last night. Trump is expected to sign it shortly. The bill is nearly 5,600 pages long. Members had to wait to read it because aides, they just couldn't get the file online. It's the second biggest aid package in American history. Six Republican senators opposed the bill. Those senators are Marsha Blackburn, Ted Cruz, Ron Johnson, Mike Lee, Rand Paul, and Rick Scott. Why did they do this? What was these Republicans' rationale for rejecting it, Caitlin? Those in particular? Well, yeah. because they could afford the votes. Um, and because they like this. I, whenever you have people who stand up against it when the vast majority of the caucus is going, they usually want to be able to say for like posture reasons, knowing that it's going to pass over their objections, then they get to make like a principled stand. So that's almost always what happens. Like Ron Paul, uh, Red Paul's dad, uh, is, was famous for this, objecting this shit that he knew was going to go through. 
Um, and same thing with Rand right here, right? Like he's like, I don't want to vote for it. It's bad to spend money. Uh, you piece of shit. You authorized a $1.2 trillion tax cut. Mm-hmm. It's also spending money. It's bizarre. Right. It's like, oh, what if I just don't have income? I'll use the same amount of debt that I've been using. Like that is actually losing. You lost income mm-hmm. anyway. And he also will stand up and block things that nobody wants to block. He will be the single person. He is oh, the single the person. Lynching the lynching, yeah. That's what, oh, yeah. He's that guy. Yeah, I don't know why he'd be like, sure, you can have $600 if he was like, lynchings, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the main reason. But I also like to say, like, the bill was an omnibus spending bill because it, the government basically was on the verge of, lo- like, shutdown. Which is something that like didn't get integrated into the stories about like the the bill because like it has been nine months in the making, but this was specifically about how are we going to continue the government running? So Mm. I know there are people who have put things up on Twitter being like, they put all of this in for other countries and blah, blah, blah. It's like the defense spending as much as I hate it is, has to be there because this is a government progress. Like this is what's going to keep the government open for this amount of time. Mm-hmm. so it's got to mark all the spending that's got to happen in that span um and one of the big ones is just we're gonna give people nothing burger checks right and then hopefully they don't well maybe they'll continue to die i don't know we don't really care right mm-hmm. right yeah i mean i guess the idea is that hopefully biden with the democratic senate can extend some of these things it was interesting yesterday I got um, an interesting DM from somebody who was saying I should lay off memes criticizing how small the checks are in the package because she was worried that it could give the impression that we're down on Democrats and potentially hurt the Georgia runoffs. And I just thought that was an interesting thought. And I wanted to talk to you guys about that. If we think, two questions, what role do we think that this protracted fight played in the election? We've had a lot of election postmortems specifically about Democrats who didn't run for president about what happened. And I'm wondering what you guys make of that. I mean, do you think it's appropriate to respond negatively to the bill overall, which we know is a result mainly of Republicans stalling? Or do you think Democrats are going to pay the price for this or maybe already had in this election? I feel like it's hard because people will just take one negative information and not see the whole picture. Because, you know, I saw like people on Twitter, you know, you know, a lot of leftists were like, oh, look at Nancy saying that the bill is significant, which I know, you know, I know the narrative is like, look, like we're, we have to pass something and this is as much as we can get Republicans to pass. So let's at least celebrate because they didn't want any, you know, it's so, like we did push them on stuff, but this is nowhere near. And like what I would like to see is, um, Democrats really hammering down, hey, we want way more. These are the people that are stopping, and this is how we get it. You know what I mean? Or, but like, if all the sound bites are like, how significant or how hard, because they did work mm-hmm. really hard to even get $600. So it's just tough. It's just really tough. That's why I've just been really following what AOC's been saying. It's not to like stand or like idolize somebody, but the way that she puts things is so clear and like no BS, you know, of like, yeah, just those instincts and those questions. I'm like, Ooh, but I feel this way. Am I right to think that way? And then she'll tweet explaining perfectly why that's a justified, um, rationale. And as you were saying that it's like Republicans 
we are aware of how they have hijacked this process and how they just don't have any interest in helping anyone. But they're the ones who I feel like are effectively messaging like, yeah, we finally got this passed with $600. And the message I'm not hearing is that it, I feel like this is they're they're able to present this as more of a win. And like you said, Millie, Democrats are perceiving it as more of a loss. And that's just like hits us two times. Yeah, it's very common, though, for Democrats to be like it feeds into how each one's set of voters respond. Right. Like Republicans, when they win, basically think like this is the way things should work. And the Republican voters give them credit for everything they, in this particular case, don't achieve. Every time they stop Democrats, Republicans get a boost. That's what their constituency wants. What Democrats do is they, too, spend all of their time trying to cater to Republicans, Republican voters, and be like, we got the the most we could and i'm like stop talking to them i don't yeah. give a fuck i'm a democratic voter i'm dem i i bleed blue as it were i will crawl over broken glass i did the equivalent for me of voting for joe biden was crawling yeah. over broken glass <laughs> we did it in the pandemic I, I, what what more do you need from me Mm-hmm. Express to you that I want Democrats to destroy Republicans. That's mm. the only thing that I'm asking for. I don't mm. need all this complex like, oh man, we tried so hard. No, no, no. Republicans are bad. Destroy them. They are bad. And the desires of their voters that are the highest priority is wreck the lives of people we don't like. That's mm. a bad priority. And you need mm. to center that and you need to make them feel bad about it. And you mm. need to make everyone who agrees with it they know that they are a piece of shit for agreeing with it. Mm-hmm. That's your job. Just message on Their that. Job. That's it. That's the whole messaging. Stop telling us government should work a certain I way. I, I get it. Systems matter, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. Destroy right. them. I heard an interview with Ta-Nehisi Coates, and he was saying that basically to summarize what he was saying is like, how come I can't write about race and these issues because Max Rose is a terrible candidate? And by that, it was saying like, Max Rose is the guy, was the Democrat that lost in Staten Island to a Republican. And this happened throughout the country. And I, I just thought that was so true. It's like, it's not my, like, how does, how does us talking about these things and speaking frankly mm. about the reality, it's like, you go be a better candidate. Yeah. Like, like I do all the things Caitlin just said. Like, it's not, we, we get a lot of feedback when we talk about defund the police on the podcast. And I think people are just, they, they don't like the phrase. And it's always just about the phrase. And I, I understand that. But it's like, how come we can't say defund the police because these Democrats are running bad campaigns and can't figure out how to message? Yeah, so what you're speaking to, Amanda, is like how um, centrist Democrats are blaming like these super progressive movements on them losing seats and blaming like progressive movements. But it's just like, like, yeah, like I totally agree with what you said. Like, it's not our responsibility. Like our responsibility as people is to push and keep fighting for more progressive policies and then have politicians that reflect that. Not like, what kind of society are we where the politicians view progressive politics as something in the way of getting their job done when you're supposed to be representing people, you know? Um, And it is super upsetting and it's like, and it's not, and I mean, I love what AOC says of like, the people who run on progressive stuff win. And it's complicated in these, like, more red or centrist areas, you know, and I'm very fortunate to live in in New York City where, um, you know, 
things are a little different there, but it's something that I think about of like, you know, yeah, like how can we push these progressive policies and, and get the messaging? I think it's just messaging. Even the socialism thing mm-hmm. I think is messaging because something that I, I'm just very reminded of, especially like being from Miami, like uh, Latinx, um, Afro-Latinx, it's just like um, America is not 100% free-wielding capitalism. That's Haiti. That's Mexico. That's all these countries, like with no protections, no minimum wage, no social program. You know what I mean? Like, and and we often have a lot of focus on people who flee communist and socialist countries and not like people who flee these capitalist Mm -hmm. countries. So I know it's a whole other thing, but yeah, I just No, it is all part of the same thing. Do you think, will having, will Democrats having the presidency help our messaging problem at all? Do you think, Caitlin? No, because <laughs> Joe Biden does it, it likes to, wants to make nice with Republicans. This is the thing that mm-hmm. I always hated about him. And I would, I just want to kind of pull back for a second to you know the fact that Democrats are chastising their left wing. Republicans don't chastise their base voters. They have two QAnon people now <laughs> sitting as elected representatives. Uh, uh, Gianforte, who's now about to be the governor of Montana is a man who punched and assaulted a reporter and mm. absolutely zero percent of people are like, we should punish him for that. Mm. Or you get elected Republicans turning around being like, that's bad and you shouldn't do it. They never do that. They're fine never. with people pointing guns at federal agents. Emma mm-hmm. Bundy, a base, base Republican, literally stole federal land and held it with armed force and mm. nobody gives a damn and no. no one is saying oh this is bad and you shouldn't where's do- Mitt Romney when those happen well, yeah where's Mitt Romney when that's happening when's Ben Sasson when it's like um by the way could you like not assault reporters and by the way this has real repercussions because as we all know Trump there have been Trump supporters and Trump voters, people who write manifestos, et cetera, who have done actual literal violence to reporters who Maryland, who've done the tree of life. Like these are serious, serious problems and they don't talk about it. And it's only Democrats who have to be responsible for things like defund the police. When Republicans, literally one of the most iconic political moments in the last decade and a half was Rick Perry getting up on the fucking debate stage and forgetting which three federal agencies he wanted to abolish. And that's somehow like, oh, defund the police? That's radical. Right. Oh, get rid of the Department of Energy? That runs our nuclear weapons? That's totally fine. That's completely normal rhetoric. Blah, blah, blah. I don't understand what you're talking about. Excuse? What? So that's our problem. And Joe Biden's like, well, I think you're going to see the change in Republicans now that Trump is gone. Motherfucker, I don't know what's wrong with you. Like, I, yeah, what, what we need last- to heal and re- reach across the aisle and all that. That's bullshit. We don't need to do that anymore. It's, uh, well, it's not going to work. It's not going to get us what we need yeah. if we want a completely useless presidency. And at the first opportunity Republicans had to help police, they didn't give yeah, money didn't. to state and local governments. They're literally Why? defunding the police. We need to point that out. Why didn't Biden campaign during this period right here He's got, people, everyone's paying attention to this transition. We're talking about potential coups, blah, blah, blah. This man, you should be out front being like, yo, if you don't give people $1,200, my presidency's going to start with some shit. I will fuck (laughs) up your lives. Me and my Democratic Senate, we're going to give everybody all the monies. All the monies. And then everyone be like, oh, if you don't get the monies now, Democrats are going to do it soon. That's true. 
That's what, but he didn't do what that. What a fool. Right. And even in, maybe instead of saying, spending all this time talking about why defund the police wasn't a good phrase, could have said, well, it's Republicans who don't want to support state and local governments. And how do you think police are funded? I didn't hear that one time. The first time I heard that was in this podcast from Millie. Well, because AOC says that uh, yes. on her Twitter. That's the only person who I see. Ta- AOC, Yet another I, reason why AOC should join as a host. Exactly. The squad <laughs> is, no, but the squad is the people who are saying that. And Cory Bush, Cory Bush is saying that too. So yes. it's just like the progressive, you know, are, are the ones speaking, but it's like, who's on Twitter? Who's getting the messaging? You know what I mean? So Yeah. And it is such a, a key issue when the other parts of the party and the leadership see the progressives as a barrier to progress. That's what needs to change. And I think there are electoral incentives clearly with how our voters are telling us what they want and it, and it could change. But thank you guys for sticking around for such a big show today. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Caitlin Bird. I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to Sup at Betches.com. Betches.